0: Welcome to the Love Yourself Naked podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glubish, and I've been working with women for over two years to help them ditch the diet mentality, find food freedom, and gain a body confidence that they never knew was possible. There is so much information out there about how to eat, how to exercise, and how to live a healthy lifestyle. My goal on the show is to help answer all your questions and provide you the tools you need to live in peace with food and love your body. So if you are ready to discover what it's like to live a life without obsession, you are in the right place. Now let's get to the show. hello everybody welcome to the show happy new year i hope that you all had a very Restful holiday season. I know that the holidays can sometimes be tricky for some people. And so I just want to hold space for anybody that may have been in that boat this year, but also sending you so much love and joy for this new season. It is such an exciting time. Also, I'm so excited to be here. I have not recorded a solo podcast episode in a very long time. All of December, we did the best of 2023 series. And then prior to that, I was just having tons of guests on the episode. And I I was loving getting to share those with you. So I haven't really taken time to record a solo episode in a hot minute, but today is January 1st and it is the start of a new year, the start of a new season. And so I'm so happy to be here with you today. Now, given that it is January 1st, this might mean that you have already set your new year goals or resolutions. It might mean that you are just starting to think about what you want your intentions for the year to be, or maybe you're not really a resolution setter and that's fine too. Then, This might not be the episode for you. Maybe you're also just curious about what my goal setting process looks like or how I approach the new year. And maybe that's why you're here. I want you to know that wherever you are with this process, the intention of this episode is to help you understand a little bit about goal setting and why resolutions often don't work. We actually have statistics on this to show that 90% of new year resolutions often fail. And I want to talk about why that is to help you set resolutions that don't. So in today's episode, we are going to chat about why new year resolutions often fail. And then we're going to talk about what's in and what's out this year. I know that that's kind of a trending thing right now, so I'm going to go with it. That's going to help you gain some clarity on what types of goals you might want to set. And then lastly, I'm going to offer you a couple different more attainable approaches to goal setting so that you're not sitting here on December 31st wondering why you've yet again, not been able to follow through on your resolutions. First, I actually just want to take a moment to share a win from this week I think that this is a theme that I'm gonna have with each episode this year is having like a weekly win section at the very beginning because it helps to show you that it is possible to feel okay about food and your body and also I love celebrating people I love celebrating my clients I love celebrating my connections on social media I love celebrating myself and my friends and everyone in my life and having these real life examples can help you believe in everything that I talk about in all of my episodes on all of my platforms because these are real women who have set diet culture resolutions many, many times and failed many, many times. So this week, I want to share a reflection from one of my past one-on-one clients, Nadina. She shares, before I started working with you, I would skip meals, never drink water. I had no energy and I was miserable, not only to myself, but my poor family. I had no confidence and lacked a lot of self-respect. Now I'm a completely different person. I have so much hope. I have tools and knowledge to get me through the long road ahead. I'm no longer hoping that losing weight will fix all my problems because I've realized that happiness isn't based off of a number on the scale. I expect to always have good days and bad days because I'm only human after all, but I've learned that focusing on small victories and achievements adds up to a lot more. What seems like the smallest improvements have made the biggest impact on my mental and physical health, not only for me, but for my whole family. Now I know that going into the new year, there is a lot of pressure to start a diet and have weight related goals, which is why I wanted to share this win because this client is a great example of how focusing on weight never made her happy in the long term. anyways, maybe in the short term, maybe when she was losing weight, she felt good, but by shifting her focus to health promoting behaviors, she was able to improve her mental, physical, and emotional health. And it's had a huge impact on her life and her family's life. So this year, I want you to think about how you can center your resolutions around addition instead of restriction. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as well, but I want to invite you to get curious about resolutions that you've had in the past and about some that you might even still have. Have they been restrictive? Have they been motivated by diet culture? Did they make you feel motivated or did they make you experience guilt and shame? Or maybe both, maybe for a period of time they motivated you, but if you weren't able to comply. Maybe they made you feel guilt and shame. Now, again, we know from studies that 90% of new year resolutions fail and nobody is surprised when the gyms are bombarded in January. And then by February, it's the same old faces. This happens every single year. And it's almost laughable at this point. People almost joke about how the gyms are so busy in January, but just give it a month because everyone's going to fall off. So why is that? Why is follow through so damn hard? Well, a couple things. Number one, resolutions are often too large. We set a goal that is in chapter 20 of the book when we are currently in chapter one. They're also often unrealistic, which diet culture strongly reinforces by blasting weight loss transformations of women who are losing 30 pounds in a month by drinking lemon water. I need you to know how unhealthy and unrealistic this is. The resolutions that we set are also often restrictive, and they're often focused on an outcome instead of a process. Also, the intentions tend to be very all or nothing, pass, fail, black and white. I remember some of the New Year's resolutions that I used to set, one in particular, I want to say it was in 2019. I'm sure I could go back into like my journal catalogs and find it, but the goal was to not eat any refined sugar, gluten, dairy, or soy. I think this lasted maybe a week, probably not even, probably a couple days, shocker. So then I changed the resolution because, of course, at this point, I felt like a failure. So I changed the resolution to only be applicable when I was tracking my food or when I wasn't binging because I had broken the barrier and I binged already. So this year was now a write-off. And what did I do? I binged on and off the rest of the year. I would try to stick to my guns, but then I would feel like shit when I couldn't, so then I quote unquote, gave myself permission to eat whatever I wanted, but would just end up eating all the foods I wasn't allowed to eat when I was being good. And it was this vicious cycle. So one day I wouldn't eat any gluten, dairy, refined sugar, or soy. And then the next day I would literally go to the grocery store and buy everything on the shelves that I could, or that looked enticing that I felt like I was missing out on and eat it all in one sitting. And it was so shameful it was so 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 shameful and when i would set resolutions like this that would inevitably fail i'd find myself in the narrative of saying things like wow you're so lazy you can't stick to anything you're such a piece of shit. why can't you just do better and this would often lead to flopping all the way to the other end of the spectrum like i said stuffing my face Or if the goal was exercise-related, I just wouldn't do anything. So let's say I set a goal to go to the gym five days a week and I missed three days in a row, I would just stop going altogether. And that's exactly what happens between January and February. People who start strong in January and then they find that their goal is not sustainable and unattainable and way too large and out of reach, they just decide to quit altogether. Why I'm sharing this example is because Not only are these my lived experiences, but they are experiences I hear so often from clients that I work with about how every year it's the same or a similar goal, and maybe sometimes progress is made or maybe it isn't, but the new year always offers this glimmer of hope that this time, this year, things are going to be different until they aren't. When I would set a workout goal, for example, I would feel so good when I was following through, but as soon as the streak ended, there was no compassion. If I got sick, that was it. That was it that was there was my goal i immediately felt guilty and like such a failure for not being able to stick to it so ask yourself if there has been a point in time where you weren't able to live out your resolution did it lead you to a fuck it mentality where you went from not eating any carbs to overeating all the bread and pasta and baking that you could get your hands on if you've set a resolution in the past that didn't work out did your pendulum swing you to the total opposite behaviors and did it leave you feeling guilty and shameful have you ever had intentions behind your New Year's resolutions to shrink your body, cut out foods or food groups, track your macros or count calories, fit into a size or shape that you believe society is more accepting of? Because if you have, even if you claim that your goal is health related, this is a red flag resolution. I'm going to use that term a couple times in this episode and I love it. I I love talking about red flag resolutions because it's going to help direct you to green flag resolutions. Would that be the opposite? I suppose green flag resolutions. Anyways, if you have nodded your head or said yes to any of what I just shared, please know that this is diet culture. That's all it is. There's nothing wrong with you. It's diet culture and we're all a part of it and it can be really hard to tease apart what is healthy and what is not. And especially when everyone else in the world is setting similar resolutions, when maybe a lot of your social circle is setting these resolutions or these types of resolutions or they have these intentions behind their resolutions, it's hard not to get caught up in that. These are the reasons why I don't suggest traditional New Year's resolutions. Because if you set a resolution that leaves you feeling like shit every year when you're not able to live them out, you are damaging your self confidence, you're destroying your self belief, and you're going to have a very hard time following through on goals in the future because your baseline is that I don't do what I say I'm gonna do, even when you have the motivation of the new year. The new year is or can be such a motivational time. It's such a magical time, right? And so if you're not able to follow through on a goal in the new year, well then what makes you think you're gonna be able to follow through on a goal in June or July or August? If you're sitting here thinking about how this resonates with you, but you're in a place where you genuinely want to improve your health and you have health-related goals, I want to offer you some solutions instead of going the typical route that we know is set to fail. I think because of diet culture, when we think about health-promoting behaviors, behaviors, or when we think about setting health goals that allow us to feel better, we often only think about food and exercise, and we often equate how we feel with how we look, as if when I lose 30 pounds and I'm skinnier, I must be destined to feel better on the inside. So not true. Okay, I've got to jump in to share something super exciting with you. My new food freedom approach coaching program is live. Do you struggle with knowing what to eat, how much to eat, and trying to dissect all the nutrition information online? Do you desire food freedom, but still have a desire to lose weight and feel unsure about what to do? Do you wish that you could stop feeling bad about not eating the right thing and start feeling more in control about your nutrition? If so, this program is for you. I work with clients every day in FFA to help them learn how to eat in a way that is healthy and sustainable, feel confident in their skin, and buy back all the time and money they've spent tracking food, counting calories, and dieting. So if you are ready to transform your relationship with food and your body, you can head over to my Instagram page and DM me the word freedom, or click the link in the show notes to get started right now. I cannot wait to help you change your life. There are absolutely goals we can set that are targeted at nutrition and movement, but there are also many other goals that have absolutely nothing to do with what you put in your mouth and how you move your body. There are goals that we can set in these areas as well, but there are goals that we can set that have nothing to do with them that are still going to have a huge impact on your mental, emotional, and physical health. Before we get into some examples of the ways that we can set goals that are health promoting instead of restrictive, let's talk about what's in and what's out this year. So what is out things that we are leaving in 2023 setting goals that sound like I want to lose X number of pounds. I'm not eating sugar. I'm not eating gluten. I'm only eating between the hours of 10 and six. I'm running every day, which are some of the more typical quote unquote health resolutions. Some other things that we need to leave in 2023, intermittent fasting, tracking our food, buying meal or macro plans from personal trainers that do not have any formal nutrition education, believing everything that we read online, especially from genetically thin influencers. You guys, I cannot tell you how damaging and destructive what I eat in a day videos are that start with a body shot. When you are seeing somebody talk about what they eat in a day and the first thing that comes up in that video is their abs, red flag. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Avoid this. We also need to leave behind hustle culture and this the feeling like we always need to be busy. That's That's actually not productive. Productive and busy are not the same thing. And this really contributes to your self-image, your self-confidence, the ability that you have to nurture yourself and your body and take care of yourself. We need to leave behind the idea of drinking a full gallon of water a day. I'm going to get into that one a little bit more as well. This is not to say that drinking water is bad. It's just not necessary to place the, place the restrictions or the rules around needing to drink a full gallon a day. It's just not necessary. We got to leave behind cheat meals. Cheat meals and cheat days are no bueno. They are fueling that all or nothing mentality and they're actually really unhealthy and disordered. Let's leave behind taking supplements instead of eating real food. And lastly, let's leave behind weighing ourselves every day. When we look at all of these goals or these rules, we can identify a couple key reasons as to why they need to be left in 2023. Number one, they are all intended to eliminate or restrict something. Number two, they are all or nothing, black and white, pass-fail thinking. And number three, they make you feel morally good when you are able to complete them, but guilty, shameful, or bad when you're not. And these are really easy ways to identify, identify red flag resolutions. Let's take I want to lose X pounds, for example. Perhaps you want to lose 25 pounds this year. When you break that down, it's something like two pounds per month, which would be about half a pound per week. So when you lose half a pound per week, you feel great. You feel on track and successful. But what happens when you don't? You might swing the pendulum all the way to fuck it, give up entirely, and commence binge eating. Or you might try to tighten the reins. Maybe you cut out even more foods and you start trying to do more cardio. Either way, how you feel on any given day is determined by what the scale says, meaning that it is pass or fail. You're either losing weight at the rate that you want and accomplishing your goal or you're not. This is, in the end, designed to fail you. And if you're listening to this, I'm willing to bet you already know that because I bet you've been in that exact situation once or twice. I know I have. But maybe you do really want to improve your health. Maybe you know that you are not currently taking care of yourself. And maybe you know that when you do take care of yourself, weight loss tends to be a byproduct. So it makes it really easy to say, I just need to lose weight because you equate that with taking care of yourself. Let's try to reframe this and consider some behavioral changes and some habits that can be implemented to improve your health. So instead of saying, I'm going to make half of my plate fruits and vegetables. We can try saying, I'm going to add a piece of fruit or try a new vegetable this week or each day this week. That can be as simple as bringing an apple with you for lunch or getting a bag of frozen edamame beans from the grocery store and throwing them in a stir fry. The key here is what can we add, not what do we have to eliminate? And we're not getting ourselves stuck in the trap of setting a super lofty goal like having half of our plate be vegetables because you guys, I'm not even doing that. That is. That's a lot, that's a lot of vegetables. But by focusing on adding a little more color to our plate, we are going to increase the nutrient density of our meals and think about how much that compounds in a year to have a huge impact on your overall health. Another example, instead of saying, I need to go to the gym five days a week, can you try setting a goal around increasing your movement? Maybe you're currently doing nothing, maybe your baseline is zero. Start with five minutes, add five minutes of movement to your day. And this can be as simple as walking out your door, walking two minutes to the mailbox and back way less daunting than having to get a gym membership, putting yourself in a space that you might not be comfortable in and probably being super sore and tired for the first three weeks, which is likely where you would end up quitting. The last example I have for you here, instead of trying to drink an entire gallon of water a day, maybe your goal is to simply drink more water. A way that I love to encourage my clients and myself to do this is by habit stacking. So habit stacking is the process of pairing a habit that you do with something that is already a part of your everyday life. For example, if you drink coffee every morning, putting a glass of water beside your coffee machine at night is going to encourage you to have a sip of it in the morning while you are making your coffee. Or maybe you pair water with each of your meals. So instead of not drinking anything or in addition to having the soda that you would normally have, you also have a cup of water. These are just a few examples of some more specific goals, but I've also heard a couple other ideas recently that I want to share with you. One of them, I love the idea of a new year bucket list. So instead of setting resolutions to never eat a piece of candy or avoid sugar or lose X number of pounds, create a bucket list for yourself of things you want to experience, activities you want to try, places you want to visit, people you want to see, things that you want to do. Another idea is actually a really fun exercise and it has to do with relationships. So before I get into the exercise, I just want to let you know how this has anything to do with health or health related new year resolutions. Okay. So my question is, have you ever heard of the blue zones? If not, allow me to enlighten you. Blue zones are areas in the world that have a disproportionate number of people who live to be 100 which is so, so, so cool. And these areas have, of course, been studied because everyone wants to know what the heck they're doing to increase their longevity. How are all of these people living to be 100 years old? Now, most people are interested in and assume that the most significant variables must be what they're eating and what type of exercise they're doing. But actually, what studies have found is that the number one most significant variable that contributes to their longevity is the quality of their relationships. Fascinating, isn't it? So while Western culture is so obsessed with counting calories and doing more cardio, some of the healthier healthier populations in the world are trying to cultivate higher quality relationships. And I cannot tell you how much setting boundaries and relationships with people I interact with on social media and in real life has changed the quality of my life, my mental, my physical, and my emotional health. I hear from clients all the time how their mother or mother-in-law or how their friend Susie who's always on a diet makes it really difficult for them not to be so here's an exercise that i want you to try full credit to sam Previtt from fine food freedom for this one and i know that this exercise is going to help bring you some clarity as to who you want to be a part of your circle this year because as we know you are a product of your relationships so What you're going to do for this exercise is on a piece of paper, you're going to create three separate columns. And in these columns, you are going to write at the top three minutes, three hours, and three days. So each of those goes in one column. And then under each, I want you to list who the people are in your life that you cannot spend more than three minutes with. Maybe you couldn't even spend three minutes with them before you're sending an SOS message for someone to come save you. Or maybe you can only spend three minutes with them before you are like, okay, I need to get out of here. This is, this is it. That's enough. I'm good. They go in that first column. Then in the second column, who are the people in your life that you could happily spend three hours with, but probably no more than that. You have great conversations and the time that you spend together is lovely, but by the three hour mark, you're pretty well done. And then in the last column is three days. So this is going to include people that you could book a weekend getaway with right now. Who is someone that you would move mountains to spend time with? Or maybe you say you would move mountains to spend time with, and you just can't get enough because they fill your cup so much. And now I want you to look at this list and consider how many of the people in the three minute column are getting three hours of your time? all the time. How many of the people that you could spend a whole weekend with are getting put on the back burner? This tends to happen because oftentimes, those three-minute relationships are the very energy-draining ones that are always asking for our time. Those are the people that are taking up the most amount of our time, but that we, we actually want to be taking up the least amount. And I also just want to say, as a brief aside, nobody's looking at this piece of paper. There is no shame around any name that you put in any column. Nobody is going to see this but you. So this can be a really powerful exercise. The thing about the three-day relationships is that they tend to be the ones that are the compassionate ones, the people who understand that life is busy. So they wait for you to be ready to hang out. But those are also the people that tend to get the least amount of our time because we know that they'll always be there and they get it. They understand that life is busy. Think about who the people are this year that you really want to be intentional about connecting with. So much joy re-enters your life when you can set boundaries and invest time into people that actually help fill your cup. And this has a huge impact on your overall health. I know that it's a bit of a nuanced approach to New Year's resolutions, but just give it a try. I mean, or don't. As with any episode, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, so take what you need from this and leave what you don't. Okay, the last thing I wanted to chat about is how to set goals or resolutions that you can follow through on. I'm going to give you a very bite-sized version of the full goal-setting workshop that I do in my group coaching program, and it's something that I personally do on a quarterly, monthly, and weekly basis. So the first thing to do is to identify which area or areas of your life you are wanting to grow. For me, I often have multiple. So every month, I typically set one health-related goal, one wealth-related goal, and one relationship goal. So health, wealth, relationships. Those are typically my three focus areas. A monthly health goal for me may be to run a certain number of miles. Now, the key here with setting super specific goals like this is that I always give myself a range and I make sure that it's realistic. So if, for example, I ran 10 miles this week, it's probably unrealistic to have a goal of running 50 miles next week. Or if it's the week of Christmas and I know that I'm not likely to be running as much, I will just adjust appropriately. When it comes to wealth, these goals are never actually about money. It's very out of my control how much money I'm going to earn each month. To be honest, I just say wealth because it rhymes with health and it sounds good. Um, but I might actually say career or business would be a better name for that category. So instead of setting a number goal, I focus on process goals. Maybe my goal is to post twice a day on all social media platforms or to increase my engagement time by one hour each week. Again, super helpful when being this specific to include a range so it doesn't feel all or nothing. So I might say I want to increase my engagement time by 30 minutes to one hour each week. And then once I've got my monthly goals, that is how I break down my weekly goals. So if my monthly goal is to run 50 miles, my weekly goal might be to run 12 or 12 to 15, something like that. From there, I come up with one to three action steps for each goal. If we're thinking about the running example, this might look like setting my clothes out the night before, waking up 30 minutes earlier, or not booking any meetings or calls until a certain time of the day to make sure I have the time for it. Maybe it looks like planning a run or two with some friends for extra accountability. And yes, this is something I do every single week. I revisit how my goals went last week how was my follow-through on the action steps and if i go more than two weeks without being able to follow through i know i need to reevaluate the goals this process of self-reflection and intention setting is so important because if you fail to plan you plan to fail i honestly find that phrase even a little bit harsh i know it's just a common phrase that we hear and it kind of sounds a little bit catchy but I know that it's true for me that if I don't look at my calendar ahead of time and come up with a game plan, following through on adding in new habits or changing old ones becomes very daunting and often ends up just not happening. So let's do a quick recap on all of this. First, we chatted about why the standard new year resolution approach doesn't work. Some of the goals that we typically set that are very much a product of diet culture, black and white, unrealistic, restrictive, and designed to fail. Then we chatted about what's in and what's out for 2024 with that i would again invite you to evaluate what you want to leave behind in 2023 what habits beliefs relationships are no longer serving you and then lastly if you are someone who is wanting to set goals or resolutions which as an aside you are absolutely not required to so please don't assume that from this episode that you have to set goals or resolutions but if you are someone who is wanting to how can you go about that in a way that is setting you up for success I hope that this episode was also a gentle reminder that instead of anything related to food and body, you can set so many goals that are related to other things and you can set so many health goals that have nothing to do with cutting out food groups or counting calories or weight loss. I will also just remind you that if you resonated with anything we chatted about today, and if you are wanting the full goal setting workshop in action, my group coaching program is starting again in just two weeks, and the doors for enrollment to the public are going to be opening soon. It's already half full just from those who joined the waitlist. So make sure that you get your name on it. And if you are wanting to be a part of this amazing 12 week offering, please reach out to me and let me know, and we can get you all set up. I can send you all of the details. Um, To find out more about that, again, you can send me a message or there's a Link in the show notes that you can click on and you can put your name on the current January waitlist, which is only going to be open for another week. So if you're listening to this farther into January, there are going to be opportunities to join future coaching programs. Um, but for now, it is January 15th that we are kicking off. As always, if you found this episode helpful or have any personal wins from anything I shared today, please let me know, leave a rating and review or shoot me a message and let me know. And you could be featured in the weekly wins happening in each episode this year. All right, you guys, that's it. That's all happy goal setting. Happy new year. I hope it is the most joyful and helpful year for you yet. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from the show, I would love for you to rate and share it. And if you have any questions about the conversation today, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea Glubish. Catch you on the next one.